The views and opinions expressed during I and the Triangle do not represent WKNC or the student media. Your dial is currently tuned to I and the Triangle at WKNC 88.1. Thanks for listening. Good afternoon, Raleigh, and welcome to this week's Eye in the Triangle, a student-run, student-scripted, and student-produced news show on 88.1 WKNC. I'm Aaron Kling. Tonight on Eye in the Triangle, we've made time for a two-part tale of teeth and twins. Take a load off and tune in to hear more. Concerned about your oral health but lack the cash to do something about it? Cary Dental Rejuvenation is hosting a charity dental event. One lucky participant can enter to win a complete, no-holds-barred mouth makeover. Set your sights on some pearly whites. Afterwards, we chatted with Marilyn Shannon, author of the book series Just One Afternoon, about her latest entry, Listening to the Heart of Twins. Come join us as we discuss Miss Shannon's exploration of the lives of various twins, their relationships, and their unique personal struggles. It's Eye on the Triangle, folks. Don't touch that dial. I'm Aaron Kling with WKNC 88.1 I on the Triangle, and I'm here currently talking to Dr. Singh. Now, Dr. Singh, I hear you have an opportunity for folks. You want to mention that? Yes, sir. Our practice name is Cary Dental Rejuvenation. We are here in Cary, North Carolina, and uh, we are going to give away a full smile makeover uh, for a person in the community. And we're doing this because we want to give back to the community and change someone's life. Definitely. They say that oral health can really reflect your internal health. I hear that increased oral diseases can lead to issues with the heart, issues with the internals. On that subject, what does a full mouth makeover entail? This will include a variety of different dental services. This could be extraction of diseased teeth. It could be um, periodontal treatment, fillings, crowns, bridges, implants, dentures, anything and everything that would benefit that person, we will do it at no cost to them. So dental treatment, you know, many people cannot go to dentists because they believe that dentistry is expensive. But with this event, this charity giveaway we are doing, the price range, the dollar worth of dentistry that we may be able to give away, it ranges anywhere from 5000 to $50,000 for that one person. And it will be all done at no cost. We're going to collaborate with some labs and uh, some other specialists. Uh, we um, work with Absolute Dental Services in Durham, North Carolina. And uh, then uh, we have Triangle Implant Center. They are the oral surgery office. And we have Dr. Hannah Hobbs, who is a periodontist. So we'll be working with the different specialists in the area as well. Is there anybody you turn away? What are the qualifications for an applicant? Well, we have the application, and we are looking for somebody who 
otherwise cannot afford to go to a dentist and who really needs these dental services urgently and there's a lot of disease in the mouth and they are living with this and and we just want someone as a candidate to you know qualify for that. Where could someone find this application? We have the application on our email. It's admin, A-D-M-I-N, at carrydentalrejuvenation.com. I repeat one more time. It's admin at carrydentalrejuvenation.com. And um, they can go online and email that to us. And uh, also they can call us directly at 919-460-5454 at our office number. And we'll be happy to send them a link. What's the deadline to apply? The deadline is December 1st. 2019. Now, Dr. Singh, have you done this before? Is this your first time doing this? We have done some other charity dental work in the past. We have done uh, an event called Dentistry from the Heart, where we would see at least 50 or 60 patients in a day and help them with what they need, anytime, anywhere from you know extractions, cleanings, fillings, anything like that. But this opportunity is unique because even though we have done events similar to this before, but they were done for a large number of people where we could only provide one service at a time to one individual. Here we're looking for an individual who will need everything, you know, just bringing their mouth back to function and we're going to give their smile back to them and it will be done at no cost to them, whatever it takes. So let's start with the human element here. What kind of people did you encounter? How did they feel about the work that you did? Well, I think if you give someone who otherwise cannot afford and uh, you do it as a service to mankind, they, they love it. It just brings their confidence back. It brings their health back. And our goal is to you know, do this every year, you know, pick one candidate every year and help them out. We here at Kerry Dental Rejuvenation uh, is a general family uh, dental practice, and uh, we do all the procedures in our office, and we see all ages of patients from, you know, very small child to all the way up to elderly patients. So we take great pride in what we do here, and we have a great team who takes care of our guests very, very dearly. And if anybody knows anyone who deserves a full smile makeover, we encourage them to go online on our website, kerrydentalrejuvenation.com, or call us directly at 919-460-5454, and we can send them a link. This is a wonderful opportunity for everyone. Apparently, no mouth is too bad. Sign up if you'd like. Thank you, Aaron. I'm Aaron Kling, WKNC 88.1 Eye in the Triangle, and I'm signing off. I'm Aaron Kling with... 88.1 88.1 WKNC Eye on the Triangle, and I'm currently here with Marilyn Shannon, author of the book series In Just One Afternoon, with the book Listening into the Hearts of Twins. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm doing very well. How are yourself? Well, I am, as you said, I'm writing a series of books. I think it's really important to understand the title being In Just One Afternoon. The idea is that anything is possible in a short period of time. And when we listen into the heart of someone without judgment, with a curiosity and an openness, just to understand, even if we don't agree with them, just to get a perspective of where they are. So in just one afternoon, anything is possible. And listening into the hearts of twins, 
says, okay, in just a short little while, I can just listen into them and I can get a perspective on who they are and how they connect and whatever story I hear. And that is with any group of anybody, just listening to them tells you everything. And then the part of this art show, the heart and art of twins, is, a, is another way for us to open up the creativity part, the expression of who these twins are, tells us something about twins in general. Because if you listen into their heart and then you listen into their art, you get to really understand a person. And the more we can do that, the closer we can get to each other. And that's the purpose. So in just one afternoon, rocket ships go off, babies are born, you know, anything is possible. That's the magnitude. So this is the second book in my series. The first one was in just one afternoon listening to the hearts of men, and I interviewed 20 some odd men, including my husband, about their their lives, their emotional well-being, their creativity, all the things that men would be interested in knowing about themselves, giving them more permission to express themselves. And then the second one was in just one afternoon listening to twins. And my mother is 94 and my aunt is 94. They're identical twins and they are my inspiration because I've grown up understanding twins have so much to teach us about relationships. They are masters at conflict resolution. They just know how to like get along and they can be angry with themselves, with each other at this moment. And then the next moment, they can't get enough of each other. And they have so much to teach us about sibling rivalry, about parenting, just about life in general. So I decided to create my second book based on my mother and my aunt. They're 94 and they're still amazing women. And I've interviewed many, many twins, Aaron, maybe too many, but they're so interesting. And the things that we hear about twins, the kind of the woo-woo things, are true. When you say woo-woo, what does that mean? You know, it means that they feel each other. They seriously can connect the next word. Uh, there are some stories that I have in my book that are just fascinating. And, you know, that when you hear them, it's hard to imagine that it's so. But when you hear one after the other, that repeats maybe a, a little different scenario, but along the same lines of how connected they are, it's so interesting and it makes you wonder why or how can the rest of us connect on such a deep level. It's almost like we're all from one soul, one breath, one planet. We should be able to feel each other more. And twins, just for an example, I have a woman in my book who did not know she was a twin, but she grew up from the time she was about three years old to the time she was about eight being depressed. She was young. And her mother took her to a doctor, and the psychologist kept inferring to the fact that she seemed like she was mourning. And then one day, the mother acknowledged that she had been a twin, but the brother didn't make it. And in that moment, this young woman's life totally shifted. She realized that she had been missing something. And that something was her twin, of course. There's something with the twin. And she realized then she had been connected to him. And she didn't even know who or what she felt connected to or at a loss of. There was a woman. I interviewed twins, and I also interviewed family members. So 
in the book, you can have both perspectives. And one of the parents that I interviewed had been pregnant with triplets. One uh, passed away very early on in the pregnancy, and one passed away like within a week or two of the actual birth. So when the baby was due and she gave birth to her, every time she this child came in contact with another child, another baby, she would rub this baby, like her arms, her feet, when they would connect, she would rub it. Unlike you know, other newborns. It was like it came natural because they can sleep in the same bed. They, Several of the twins that I've interviewed live, still live together and they're adults. And they thrive in some ways of being very different. Like they work hard at finding something about themselves that is unique. And yet you can see how strongly similar they are. I interviewed these two women, and they were identical, and they couldn't have looked more different because one took on a more conservative perspective, and one had tattoos. And yet, they could complete each other's sentences. They purposely even at sometimes liked different music just to carve out their own personality. So there's this push and pull between identities here. There's the desire to forge oneself despite being kind of another version of another person that already exists, but that is kind of tempered by this deep connection that they have on an empathetic level with their twin. Yes. The twin relationship is everything. It's got the pull, got the the push away, and then it's the push too is that they can work things out. They forgive each other pretty easily. You know, there are some situations that are different, but overall they will forgive each other. Of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, I have these two identical twins, and they were not interviewed at the same time. That's the other interesting thing. Sometimes I would interview twins together, and sometimes they were interviewed completely separately, and they would end up saying the same thing about one twin that the other twin would say, which was very interesting. They're that synced up. That synced up. Where does the synchronization come from? That's a very good question. I They spent nine months together. Oh. It was just that. And I think it's also social because they share a birthday. They share, they come out at the same time and they share certain things that you can't get away from. Of course. Do you have any stories of forgiveness? So here's another example. Two brothers, identical, to the point where they shared their same clothes and all, and they had an argument. And they were not connected with each other for approximately seven years. One lived up in Massachusetts and one lived, I think, in Ohio or somewhere. I can't recall. And the one in Ohio, uh, one day had a, felt like he was choking and he was just not feeling well. And his wife, you know, they looked in this, took a little flashlight, thought something was wrong that she could see. She couldn't see anything. She was going to rush into the hospital, but it got better. The next day, his sister-in-law contacted him to tell him that his brother committed suicide and hung himself <sighs> the day before. And he felt it in his throat. And as much as you hear those types of stories, you hear the other ones where, you know, there are these 70-year-old men that I interviewed that still live in the same street. They're both married. They live in the same street. They still play ball together. Their families are, families have no choice. When the twin is close, the families are close. 
it's like like my aunt. My aunt's like my second mother. Hmm. It's always been that way. My cousins were like my brothers and my sister. You know, I mean, we grew up always together. Do you think this connection... Most friendships are based off of similar experiences, similar personalities, similar backgrounds, things that people can can reach each other on. Twins, as you mentioned, sharing birthdays, being present on Christmas with each other, sharing everything. Do you think that kind of drives the connection they have? Yeah, I think it has a really good place for that. And they stick up for each other. Like I have young kids in my book. You know, I have the earliest, I think, was nine years old. And one set of twins, they were fraternal. It's not like you look in the mirror and you see yourself when you look at your sibling. And yet they had this natural way, which I thought was fascinating because the boy was short. The sister was tall, comparatively a lot taller. And yet when I would talk to them, and there were things about each other that, you know, kind of annoyed them, but they were kids. It was interesting how they knew how to be a team. You didn't have to teach them how to be a team. They were instinctively a team. It's like you get along with your brother and your sister. You don't have a choice. And maybe sometimes if we don't have a choice to find fault, we don't. Hmm. Maybe it's that, that lack of a choice that also creates those, those major conscious diversions that twins make from each other. The tattoos in that one woman compared to the conservatism of the other. Absolutely. And then there's some that, you know, they are very much alike and they don't mind being very much alike. And they just, you know, they're there when you're sick and they're there when you're not. I'm jealous. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a jealous woman, Aaron, at all. But I'm, I, 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 I crave the idea of that type of relationship. And I wish more people could experience it. You know, why can't we? We're all from this one place. Why aren't we, you know, why can't we connect on such a deep level like twins do? Maybe twins never get the opportunity to walk different paths, and that lack of different paths keeps them from becoming too divisive. Even if they fight, even if they rebel against their mirror self, they're still going to return to it because nobody's going to be quite like they are. Now, you've mentioned a lot of twins as a unit, as two How do you define them as individuals, kind of taking the concept of the twin out of the picture? Well, you know, this young woman who lost, who didn't even know she had a brother. I mean, she she ran her whole life as a single. Uh, A lot of them, you know, they they can at times cross. You know, sometimes like if my brother said something to me in the way that some of these twins talk to their sibling, I, I can't even imagine how he'd respond. Some have been married some don't some have children some don't some are gay and their twin is not some have you know some have been married some are not you know i interviewed these two women one was married and had children one was not that is fascinating those differences it it is you know i i i couldn't stop and then i did a panel discussion so when i do book launches there and i don't just do what come see Marilyn sign a book because it's not enough and I want people to experience the subjects of these books in a, as much of a holistic manner as possible. So reading about them, scribe in the stories, pay attention to how this twin expressed this and this twin expressed that. They weren't in the same room together, but they expressed 
because they didn't know what questions I was going to ask because I never tell anybody. I just, because I can't ask the same question over and over and over because the situations are different. If I'm listening to you, I don't know what you're going to say. I don't act it out. It's real. So if I ask you a question and you give me an answer, I have to ask you another question based on your answer. I can't pre-program what I'm going to say or what I'm going to ask, right? So when I ask these questions of twins and they can tell me what it is about the other twin that they love or, or annoys them, and then the other one it would be the same way, or if they are disconnected in some ways. Through the interview, it's almost like a, um, like a cone shape. Like it starts off really wide at the top with the questions and where they're coming from. But as the interview goes on and it gets to the bottom of the cone, you can see how they come together and they talk themselves into being in that relationship. Talk themselves into being in that relationship. Yeah, what is this, this singular vertex you're referring to, the tip of the cone? So it's like they're separate, right, at the top. There's a span between them. And I'm asking questions about whatever it is, how they feel about being a twin, why did, how they grew up, oh, you know, they did this, they did that, they did their best not to go to the same school, they did their best not to pick the same, you know, major in school, all of these things, right, the separateness. And then as the questions, as I continue... And you can see this in a lot of the stories. As you continue, as I continue asking the questions, you can see then how they start to come closer together and how they start to love each other in the story, how it comes closer, how they're not as separate. And, you know, what they might have been angry with at the top of the cone, where they were separate, comes more together and they start to talk themselves into forgiveness or into love. For their twin. That is incredible. It is incredible. And it happens all the time. I used to sit back and I was amazed at how I would ask certain questions to one twin and then some to the other. And I didn't guide it because I didn't know what to guide it to because they're so unique. I didn't know. I couldn't plan what I was going to ask them based on an agenda. Do you know what I mean? I didn't have an agenda. I just wanted to see how it turned out. And it was amazing. I could sit back and go, oh, my God. In front of my face, look how they are, like, coming to peace with each other. Do you believe that they're drawing from their wealth of experiences with each other, that despite them living separate lives eventually or, or diverging in different ways, they still have 17 years together, 18 years together? In the case of the Bringle twins that you are currently doing a lot of your work on, 50 years is what I'm reading here. That's kind of undeniable. And it's going to be interesting because I'm not ask them the questions I'm going to ask. And I don't know all the questions I'm going to ask when, they, when they're at the gallery, because that's going to be fascinating. I don't know, you know, did they purposely choose their art, or did their art choose them? Did their art choose them? Can you go into that? Well, you know, did they, did they just all of a sudden find themselves just passionate about that particular form of art? Or did they purposefully look for something that the other one didn't want? You see, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how being a twin like them has influenced their education, their way of expressing themselves creatively. Did one help the other one? Was one a mentor to the other one? You know, I have twins, young women that are in their 20s that one has purposely cut her hair. One has let her hair go long so they can look different. Mm -hmm. 
it's interesting when you have to strive to look different than yourself. Most people leave their mirrors in their bathrooms. Exactly. But to look at yourself and go, I have to look different because I don't want to look like somebody else. Am I this other person or am I myself? It's incredible because as human beings, we spend essentially our entire lives, work, school, relationships, trying to find people who we relate to, who we connect with, who, who share our feelings and views. To be born into the world with one already next to you, it's, it's just incredible that you're seeing, oh, okay, I have to diverge from this person. I desperately have to be myself. Yeah, what does that look like? Am I being me or am I taking on something that I just see in my mirror image? And some of them have tried very hard to be different, as I've said, and then find that they find themselves back, accepting maybe what their, their sister or their brother did. They complete each other's sentences. Some don't fight it. Some just welcome it. I, I mean, I have these two women who found out in their 40s that they were identical. They didn't know that they were identical. They always thought they were identical, but, but they didn't know. Nobody ever told them they were identical. And yet you hardly can tell them apart. And they found out in their 40s that they were identical. They took a DNA test and they found out that they were identical. And they love that. I never hear any stories of twins discovering they have a twin, discovering they have a, a person that they are related to on that level and being upset at it. I, I only ever hear it's, it's a huge swelling of pride. It's a huge exciting moment they're happy and all they want to do is spend time yeah a lot of them do but then you can understand that there can be jealousy for whatever reason you know one better in school than the other one you know and one is better at being creative than another one you know i have these twins that they were identical and one in the process of doing the book the twin that i knew that reached out to me to tell me she was a twin, passed away. Mm -hmm. I'd already done the interviews, but I hadn't worked on their story yet. And she, I had to go back to the sister that was still living to ask her, you know, what, what that was like. And her reality completely shifted. She didn't know where she belonged anymore. Yeah, she felt maybe rudderless, maybe disconnected. Yeah, to completely. I mean, she said, you know, I'd go into a dressing room and I'd see something and I would call my sister, you know, and I could cry about it, really. She'd call her sister to see, you know, if she liked it or she didn't like it. And that. she said, I have nobody to call now. Yeah, it's really, um, you know, with my mother and my aunt, they're 94. It scares me to pieces that moment. And who's going to be left? And who's going to be left? But, um, you know, even it's just amazing. I can't even tell you the excitement of being able to have been with these twins. And for anybody that has an opportunity to sit with twins or read my book or come to an event where twins are, it's just just your mouth's open. And still, despite that sadness at the end, there was still the rest of their life. There was still that ride, that person, and they'll carry that person with them. I would love to have known what it's like to have like this ultimate best friend that no matter what always has your back, always has your back. You mentioned you are having a reception 
with Cynthia Bringle and Edwina Bringle. Where and when is that? So that is going to be on Friday, November 8th, starting at 530 at Cocoon Gallery in Apex, North Carolina. It's a fabulous gallery that supports local art. And they are making a special trip to come here. And they are like these two famous artists. They both, you know, they've taught. They're just very well known and very well respected in the in the art community. And they are making a special trip to come here to be part of this event. The heart and art of twins. Friday, November 8th. Marilyn Shannon, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Our pleasure always at WKNC. I'm Marin Kling at WKNC 88.1. I in the Triangle. And I just spoke with Marilyn Shannon, the author of the book series In Just One Afternoon, with her new book, Listening into the Hearts of Twins. Thank you. That's all of tonight's show, folks. Keep on smiling if you're able, and remember to keep your eyes open for anybody that has your face. You might just make a new friend. Careful, though. Halloween's getting close, after all. Thank you to our live audience who has tuned in to hear our sets. It means a lot to us all here, and we're always happy to hear from you as well. That's right. If you have any burning questions or powerful opinions, hit us up at publicaffairs at wknc.org. We are also accepting applicants if you'd like to become part of the Eye on the Triangle team. And be sure to check out our blog at wknc-eot.tumblr.com. Our intro music for today's show was Safe Sacks by Texas Radio Fish. Copyright 2019, less under Creative Commons, attribution, not commercial, through one license. Stay tuned for your usual programming of amazing indie music, and we'll see you all again next time. Take care now.